Welcome back to Word of God. We're three English majors who have set out to analyze Supernatural now that it's done to figure out what was it supposed to be, what did it become, and how. I'm Ash, the old-time fan. My pronouns are vvim or it itself. You can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash ashcommaman. I'm Emma, the latecomer. My pronouns are she, her, and they, them. You can follow me at Lazarus. Emma on Tumblr. I'm Wyatt, the newcomer. My pronouns are he, him, and you can follow me on Twitter at Topple Thrones. And you can follow the show on Twitter and Tumblr at Word of Godcast. <laughs> I like completely forgot how to say my URL like a normal person. Yeah, you did. Because <laughs> I almost said at Tumblr and it threw me off completely. <laughs> God damn it, Emma. Uh, <laughs> uh, content warnings for this episode follow. Content warnings for this episode include suicide, gun violence, drugs, self-immolation, sexual assault and harassment, mind control, orientalism, death of a parent, kidnapped and missing women, serial murder, torture, claustrophobia, and insects. If you'd like us to warn for something we don't already flag, you can reach us through our ask box on Tumblr or send an email to wordofgodcast at gmail.com. So this week we're doing 2-5 Simon Said and 2-6 No Exit. Um, very big week for us. Fans of Van Edlin. Um, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All right, so 2-5, Simon Zed, the first episode ever written by Ben Edlund. Congratulations, we've made it. Um, we open on a city street. A black man whose name we find out is Dr. Jennings is taking a call. He goes into a gun store. He acts in a way that is indicated to be out of character for him. And he has a chat with this guy named Dennis. And then he shoots Dennis and then himself. Cut to Sam. It was all a vision again. And very, you know, upsetting. So the boys head over to the roadhouse. Uh, Dean and Sam argue in the car whether that's a good idea, given the fact that hunters are suspicious of people with psychic abilities, but they do go. Uh, at the roadhouse, we see Joe hustling some guy at, like, a deer hunter arcade game. Um, the boys ask Ash about uh, searching for whatever this vision might have been. Uh, his door sign calls him Dr. Badass, which I will discuss further when we get into the, the analysis. Um, Ash opens the door naked, which makes Dean very uncomfortable, and then he figures out the vision must be in Guthrie, Oklahoma, and Sam bribes him into checking for nursery house fires with a beer, because uh, that's the um, connection between Sam and Max, so maybe whoever or whatever did this is also related to the demon in this way. So, Dean and Joe have some banter about music. It's cute. She offers to help, and he turns her down, saying, first of all, that it's a family thing, and secondly, that he's scared Ellen will kill him. Uh, Sam gets a match from Ash, so they head out, and Dean sings in the car. It's very cute. And Sam tells it's It's so cute. <laughs> in the car about this guy, Andy Gallagher, who fits the profile they were searching for, so they go to his work address and meet his friends Weber and Tracy. Everyone says that Andy can get anything and get anyone to do anything. Um, so they go find his van with some very, <laughs> very much decals. He's got like a barbarian on a polar bear type of thing. It's extremely stoner. It's chic. incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. Sam stoner chic. <laughs> Sam worries that it is. It is. The psychic kids are, you know, so far all killers, and Dean's like, no, no, you aren't like that, and so. Uh, Sam sees Dr. Jennings and goes after him to try to save him, and Dean spots Andy. Andy asks him for the Impala, and Dean very casually gives it to him and then looks confused. Andy, like, drives away. Uh, Sam pulls the fire alarm in the gun store so that Dr. Jennings won't go in, but he gets another call and steps in front of a bus. Sam and Dean break into Andy's van. They find some philosophy books. 
Um, and he finds them, and Sam is immune to his command to tell the truth, but Dean tells him everything. Uh, while they're talking to him, Sam gets a vision of a woman getting a call and setting herself on fire, and so and he denies telling Dr. Jennings to do that, and because the siren goes past while they're still talking to him, he can't possibly be the one who have called her. So they're, he's off the hook. And so Andy and Sam have a nice little bonding conversation we'll get to about their psychic abilities. And they do some research to figure out who else this could be and find out that Andy was adopted. The woman who was set on fire was his mother, and he has a twin. Woo! Surprise! Um, his name is Ansem Weems, but he... Ansem is... the Wise! He's here, everybody! <laughs> He is uh, Andy's friend, Weber. So we cut to Weber, who is being weird to Tracy, and Sam has a vision of Tracy jumping off a dam. Weber and Tracy are at the dam. It's a very rapey scene that I don't want to get into too mm. much, but he's clearly <sighs> making plans that we don't like. Um, that, and he's like weirdly possessive of Andy, because he and Tracy used to be a thing. Andy and... Andy shows up with Sam and Dean. He has a showdown with Weber. Weber is apparently more powerful. He's, like, more practiced. He says that he killed the doctor and their mother for separating them. And uh, he mentions that the yellow-eyed demon came to him in a dream, saying that he had big plans and also a twin. <laughs> um, and yeah. Weber spots Dean with the, with the sniper rifle or whatever it is. But before he can get Dean to kill himself, Andy shoots Weber in the back. And then convinces the cops that they saw him kill himself instead. So Sam is worried because now Andy has also killed somebody. Dean says, of course, that doesn't mean anything. And they head back to the roadhouse where Sam confesses his psychic abilities to their friends. And Ellen says something about, you better break out the whiskey. All in all, fun episode. Um, there's a thing in here that they talk about at the end that I didn't really understand and wanted to talk to you two about. Because they talk about how there wasn't a house fire with... Ansem, right? But the oh, two right. of them are twins. Because they it were adopted they... and it was his adoptive mother who died. Oh, they right. They were adopted six before after they were they're six born. Months. It's six mm -hmm. months after they're born. Right, 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 right. So right, right. the six month old house was already the adoptive family. Yeah. So only um, Andy's adoptive mother was burned up on the ceiling and whoever had no trace, which concerns them because that means there could be infinitely many psychic children that they can't track down. Yeah. Or at least not with the information which... they currently have. Yeah, and it, like, throws a further wrench into, like, what the fires mean if it's not even, like, every psychic kid. Previously, we had, like, a... We had, like, an MO or, like, a set of facts to follow, and now mm -hmm. the, the boys no longer do. I'm very curious why uh, Ansem didn't have a house fire. Ooh, I wonder if a house fire only happens if there's resistance. I wonder if the yellow-eyed demon got his hooks into the baby immediately somehow i don't know this is so interesting please tell me more <laughs> <laughs> that that i mean that's it like i don't know like me because like previously like both times we see this happen like people tried to stop whatever the yellow-eyed demon was doing mm -hmm. and i wonder if that's if that's what causes like the fire and like all the drama and everything and like maybe the yellow-eyed demon has this goal that he needs to do although he's very powerful it feels like he'd be able to do it regardless i don't know i have no idea I'm excited to see we'll what the see. actual reason is. Yeah, we exactly. I assume we'll probably see fairly soon. It feels like we're building towards things with Andy now. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, okay, I guess back back to the start. Back to analysis, um, yeah, chronologically. Let's go. Yeah, when, when did Sam break his hand? I think I missed that. I think that was... Because he has the cast now. Okay, yeah, so he... 
Jared broke his arm. Yeah. Uh, and then they put it in yeah, the I show. Yeah, I mentioned that last and, episode. Yeah, and children don't play with, shouldn't play with dead things. Oh, when does his, she, when when she hits him? Yeah, or something like that. That's kind of what, because he's holding his arm kind of tenderly. Right. So they they wrote that in to give an excuse for, for Jared's hand being hurt. Right. It's never, it's never actually said that he. Yeah like broke anything it's just like oh he has a he has a cast on now i guess like he got hurt last episode yeah it was it's literally like behind the scenes trivia that's very funny it is not I mean, even it's, not, a, it's like... not funny it's not funny that jared padalecki hurt his hand but like it is funny the way they kind of clumsily got it in there mm-hmm. there wasn't even like a damn that that yeah. Chick broke your arm, huh, Sammy? Or anything like that. Yeah. Nothing. Just like suddenly he's it in a cast. Like, oh, don't look at it. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. They it, they try to hide it in a lot of shots too. I feel like like I only noticed it uh, sometimes. They I think they try to hide it less in the sixth episode, but in the fifth one, I didn't even notice it. Yeah, I saw it like once or twice. Anyway, um. The uh, the I really like the cold open on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, fantastic. Good. The the acting in general from both people who uh kill themselves in horrifying ways, uh, is really good. Uh, it's just like don't worry about it. It's fine. Like as he's loading the gun, what's the specific thing he says? Uh, he says it's okay. It's all gonna be okay. Yeah, it's all gonna be okay. And he's a doctor too, which is a very doctory thing to say it's really mm-hmm. he's just like shaking his head he's just this genial old guy and mm-hmm. the, which makes like everything he does even scarier and yeah. also perhaps the greatest like weird like abstract bit of cinema i've seen or cinema isn't right but like filming stuff like cinematic language i've seen in supernatural is when it pans up to the sink yeah. on the ceiling and then it cuts to uh sam like in the sink it's so good it's really good it's real i hope they do that more to show that sam's having a vision because it was really smart shout outs to whoever had that idea yeah the sink on the ceiling is so uncanny directed by i don't know how to pronounce this name is that an i or it's a that's an i tim yakafano oh this is the only episode he directed too huh well it was good oh hey this guy flashes (laughs) <laughs> this guy went on to work on uh, Jessica Jones. Oh, good nice. for him. Jessica Jones has some great cinematography. Directed a bunch of episodes of 24, too. Yeah, he was the co-executive producer for a bunch of Jessica Jones. Nice. Anyway. Get that Marvel paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a well-directed episode. Shout out mm-hmm. to Tim, Tim Iacofano, I assume is how you pronounce that. Um. Yeah. Also, this guy's, like, uh, Dr... Is it Dr. Jennings? I yeah. had it in my head and yeah. then it just left. Dr. His, Jennings is right. Yeah, he has such, like, he is kind of similar to Ash and Bobby and the Ghost Facers in that he has, like, such His a fans. presence that you just love him immediately. Yeah, he's great. And he's portrayed he's, he's, so well. It's it's really good, like, small town doctor who everyone mm-hmm. knows. Like, everyone's mm-hmm. like, it's Dr. Jennings. Hey, Dr. Jennings, you want to come yeah. down to the cabin with me? Uh, and, like, later on, uh, when Andy's walking down the street, uh, yeah. he just, like, talks to Dr. Jennings for a moment, and they, like, shake hands or something, and he just keeps going. It's like, everyone in town loves Dr. Jennings. And I love him, too. And the He's actor good. did such a good job. I, yeah, this cold open is really good. And it's I love very, Dr. It's Jennings deeply, with my, my whole heart. deeply chilling. Yes. 
Yeah, I was like, I was curious for the actor facts. Like, has this guy been in anything else? Like, do I? Is, but and like, kind of, but not really. Not any major roles. Hmm. Which yeah, is it's too especially bad, good, good how he's like he's immediately est- established as like this very friendly, cheerful character, and then like he continues to be like extremely casual as yep. he starts acting weird by like asking to see a gun, and he's like, and this is the kind of ammo, right? And he like starts loading it, and that's when Dennis starts freaking out because you can't do that. Yeah. And he's he's still very calm about it. He's very friendly about it. He's just like casually shoots it. It's it's good. Yeah, even after he shoots him, he's still like, don't worry, everything's okay. And it's, it's like, oh, oh, I boy. also love when Dennis goes, I'm going to take the boys up to the cabin if you want to take up the sport. And he goes, no, I don't, yeah, you know I don't like guns. Yeah. yeah. As he's like putting a shell in it, it's really good. This is the person is still the person, but there's one like thing about him that's changed that is like so incongruous to who he is. And yet mm-hmm. he's still him. It's so scary. Yeah. Mind control, it's frightening. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I'm sure we could talk about this cold open for forever. <laughs> yeah. It's a really good establishing moment for this episode. Yes. Yeah, and it really makes, like, the stuff with Andy later. Like, I'm... A lot of the times when it's, like, one character trusts someone and the other character doesn't, it's, like, very clear who the audience should be siding with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did... I still... I feel like they did still make Sam, like, kind of, like, extra aggressive in this episode, but it yeah. does make sense considering his nerves around psychic powers. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it w- I was, like, genuinely unsure for a while until, like, the actual proof came up. Yeah, because it's like, is Dean just being mind-controlled? Yeah. Is Sam just being paranoid? Like, they're both unreliable narrators. Mm-hmm. It's cool. They've been coming. This is a good episode. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Sam being nervous about psychic powers, uh, Dean, mm-hmm. when he's saying maybe we shouldn't go to the roadhouse with this, he uh, mentions something about like you being a supernatural freak. So first of all, title drop, haha. Yeah. And second of all, Sam goes, so I'm a freak now? And Dean pauses and goes, you've always been a freak to try to pl- pass it off yeah. as a joke because yeah. the word freak is extremely loaded. Mm-hmm. It's big frownies. Yeah, it's very Dean to like say something serious and then immediately deflect by repeating it, but jokingly to be like, no, I was always joking. It's me, funny Dean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you're not a freak because of your psychic powers. You're a freak because you like vegetables. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love how Joe effortlessly hustles this guy at Cabela's game cabinet or whatever it is. She has all of the top ten high scores. And it's like, bruh, she lives here. She lives here. Of course she's good at the game cabinet. She just, like, when the bar isn't open, she's just playing this Cabela game all day. Yeah, like, come on. Poker, I get. Not everyone everyone plays poker or pool all the time, but this is an arcade cabinet. It's 2006. It's very funny. It's great, though. I and it's think a nice Joe establishing should, should moment for Joe's then. character. Joe's a, <laughs> establishes mm-hmm. that Joe's a gamer girl. <laughs> girl boss. A gamer girl and a gun girl. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and also a gamer. She hustles people yeah. in bars. Exactly. Hold that thought. You know, mm-hmm. I'm surprised... I'm surprised nothing about Dean in video games has ever come up, because we saw him playing that arcade uh, game... Uh, back uh, in um, the Striga episode, but I'm trying to remember if he ever he doesn't he doesn't make again. a lot of like video game references or like talk like it feels like feels like he's the kind of guy who would own like a Game Boy. I don't know. He maybe, gives me that vibe. Maybe, 
Were video games still too nerdy in 2006 for Dean to be, like, the cool guy who's into them? Dean's a big nerd, though. He He's is, a, but the, there but are the so show many... doesn't think he is. <laughs> There's so many... He thinks Andy is so cool. He really... No, like, okay, I'll get to that, but I, it's, I think it's... I can draw a line directly from Dean meeting Ash to thinking Andy's van is the coolest uh -huh. hot of shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> I told you, it's Dean's hairband rodeification. Dean just wants to be a nerd. Like, if he hadn't been on, if he hadn't been, like, turned into, like, a stone-cold monster killer by his dad, he'd just be, like, a dude bro, like, playing Halo with his friends or something. Hell yes. <laughs> anyway, when, when they come into the roadhouse, there's, like, a very nice continuous shot that, like, spins around to like in a very natural way mm -hmm. to like pan between characters that was like one long shot and i actually noticed it because it was good yeah like i said good directing this episode mm -hmm. while we're in the roadhouse the dr badass is in sign on ash's the door dr. Badass all, sign the, is he so doesn't reply good. until they call him dr badass yep. which is good yep love that for him <laughs> he's right what the fuck is he doing in there i think he's probably <laughs> meditating he there's a buzzsaw right because there's like, there's like some kind of song or like video going on, and then there's oh, the flashing music? lights, and he's naked. I think he's got to okay. be meditating. I could have getting sworn... really high or both. Okay, I'm gonna go rewatch that scene. I could have sworn he was like doing something with a saw or something, like because of the maybe it's just music that's really discordant. I have no idea, but I think he's he's reaching. I think Nirvana. it's so tragic that Ash and Andy never met. Can you take a minute here? It's just like Ash, and with I like, I understand those spotting the. The giant bong in Andy's van. Yeah. I understand these Wattpad people. They would have made an incredible power couple. It would oh, have been... Oh, on, on that note, even though I'm jumping ahead, that giant bong comes back in another episode. It's a fun prop, so they use it. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Apparently the tiger uh, painting in the inside of the car in this episode also gets used again. Oh, probably. Or inside of the van. Uh, hold on. Can we be silent for 10 seconds? I'm just going to watch this clip and try and figure out what the fuck Ash is doing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's definitely, like, there's the sound of a machine powering down. He's, like, watching sports or something. There's an announcer. But also there's this machine sound that, when the door gets knocked on, goes, like, as, like, it powers down. And what the fuck was he doing? Light? And there's a strobe he's, light. What is he doing? Multitasking in classic ADHD fashion. He's got like four Make, screens open. Okay. Don't do anything with power tools when you're not wearing clothes, kids. <laughs> it's fine. He's a genius. <laughs> he's Dr. Badass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so Dr. Good. Badass, it's... since I brought it up, um, that's how... Chad Lindbergh signed his roleplay tweets when he was tweeting in character about Valentine's oh Day, as I mentioned. Oh my god. He was signing all of his tweets as DB, uh, which is just... Oh yeah, I never, I never responded to that on air because I listened to it, but also I just finished editing that episode. That's incredible. I can't believe the queer baiting continues. <laughs> <laughs> Supernatural is the gift that keeps on taking. It really <laughs> just it never ends. It's so We're funny. coming up on the one year anniversary and I am not prepared for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. As of the time of this recording, it's And there's a convention November on that 5th. day. There's a convention. Oh my God. Guys, guys, you can't keep doing this to yourselves. <laughs> anyway, and speaking point, of queer like, baiting, anyway. why was Dean so weirded out by Ash being naked and Sam is just completely uh -huh. normal about it? 
Sam's fine. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. what was the writing decision there, Ben? Tell me. <laughs> or was answers. it? Uh, or was it a? Or was it a Jackting Joyce? Was it a Jackting Joyce? Hmm. Mr. Ackles, we need answers. You know what? This might have been like early seasons um, attempt at like extra heterosexuality defying Dean. Or like oh. Sam is He's the gay so one for eating salad, He's... so Dean is weirded out by male nudity. But okay, and I don't want to <laughs> the most like I don't want to make it sound like, you know, Wincest or anything. But like Dean literally busts into the bathroom. Yeah. Telling Sam to to zip it up, like the bathroom I mean, in wasn't that even case, locked. Like they're brothers, so it like it's different. But yeah, it's just it was just very incongruous to me. Yeah. Where like you were you were really ready to like open the bathroom door on your brother taking a shit, but then like yeah. this guy is covered up by a door. You just happen to know he's naked, and that's like a weird thing. <laughs> he lives here. This is his house. He does live here. It's it's unclear whether Joe and Ellen live here, but Ash definitely lives yes. here, and that's very funny. It's great. Okay, and then like after that, we get the Ash. Uh, Ash, of course, being a smart boy, is like, "What the fuck are you guys making me do?" I like <laughs> this is bizarre, and like it's very clear that he's gonna figure it out. Like they sure they bribe him with a beer, but like he's a curious, smart guy. Like, I don't know what they were expecting from this. They should have just told him. And I mm-hmm. guess they do they later. Do at the but... ends, as soon as they come yeah. back and Ellen's like, so we figured it out. <laughs> yeah. It's like it, it, boys, what did you think you could hide like these people aren't NPCs. They're all like people with their own motivations and like intelligence. Well they you needed somebody to them. figure it out for them and like prioritizing saving people from i guess from weber they didn't know that um takes mm. higher precedence than keeping sam secret because yeah. those are his, their friends like if it was just random hunters then they might have to consider like does sam's safety come above uh, dr jennings safety yeah but mm-hmm. it's their friends like they're making the decision to trust that even if they do figure it out it'll be fine which it is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i also love how they bribe him with not not just any beer, a Pabst Blue Ribbon. And I'm not a beer drinker, but isn't uh-huh. that, like, one of the shittiest beers on this planet? Ash it's has not bad great. taste. Good for him. It's so <laughs> but also, he lives in a roadhouse! I, for a second, Emma, I thought you were talking about our Ash, and we're about to reveal yourself as a big PBR fan. <laughs> 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 yeah, he does live in a roadhouse. <laughs> it's just, it's so bizarre. It wasn't even, like, good beer. Yeah. It's beer that he got ten feet away at the bar. How much did a how much did a bottle of PBR cost in two thousand six? Probably not very much. No, two thousand seven. We're in season two now. Two thousand seven, right? Oh yes, you're so true. Um. Also, shout out to the absolute lack of chemistry between Dean and Joe in this. It's episode. so funny. This oh, episode man. and next episode, they they like mm-hmm. uh-huh. they seem to be trying. I have to say, seem because it doesn't work. It's not. It's not romantic, however, it is good. No, it's, it's very, very funny. Good. Like the the song she plays uh, is uh, "Can't Fight This Feeling" by Aria Speedwagon, mm-hmm. and Dean immediately like judges her and is like Speedwagon really, and she's like he sings from the heart, and he said, Dean says he sings from the hair. There's a difference. Which so is good. just like they have a good <laughs> dynamic going. It's just like it doesn't yeah. read as romantic at all. And then later no. he sings it in the car, and it's really cute. Yeah, and I think that's supposed to be, like, implied as romantic, but that song is an earworm. Mm-hmm. Like, even just thinking about it, I'm going to be singing it at work for the rest of the day. Um, 
And it's, it's so I said this in the chat, but sometimes it's so him. obvious. Sorry, Emma. I was just saying how much I love him. You don't need to stop talking. <laughs> I also love him. Um, I said this in the chat, but sometimes it's so clear when writers are relying on hetero and amatonormativity to mm -hmm. make a relationship work when there's like no chemistry between the actors, no chemistry in the writing, like yeah. nothing. Because and like. It, it just doesn't work. And this sort of thing can work. Like, I like it when people with romantic tension are bitchy to each other. It's fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, like, it do it doesn't work here because they it's, don't have it. That's not what this is. This is yeah. bickering. This is, yeah. like, sibling stuff. It, it It is very, like you said, like, it's more like Big Brother Dean, and it mm -hmm. definitely comes off like that to me as well. Yeah. Um. Though the way he says he's scared of Ellen is very funny. He's so it's cute. Really She's like, "Oh, you're telling me you're scared of my mom, my mother," and he goes, he makes this little face that he goes, "I think so." Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's great. No, it's so cute. And TBH, I'd probably be afraid of Ellen too. Yeah, Ellen's scary. She's great. I love her. Uh, I just wrote the word "sigh" for no reason. Is it when Sam tells Dean to like makes fun of Dean for singing? Because I told him to shut the fuck up in my notes. <laughs> no, I don't think it's that. It's just before the van, so I have no idea. Oh, is it? Is it? Is it the thing I wanted to talk about, which is when they see Andy, he's like coming out of someone's house, like a woman's house, and she like waves at him from the bedroom uh, in a way that makes it very clear that they just fucked. Yeah, mm -hmm. probably. And uh, like, yeah, that whole I was like, did it? I don't. My Andy would not use his powers on someone like that. The no, Andy okay, that is no. characterized over the course of this episode would not use his powers on someone like so, that. Here's so, my thinking. Because it's framed that Andy, that, that this girl is out of Andy's league. Like, she's gorgeous. And he's yeah. in, like, a kimono and, like, a t-shirt, like... I thought it was a bathrobe, but I could have been wrong. I thought the, I think... the strings were a little bit too, like, fancy. I thought it was too fancy to be a bathrobe. Hold I thought on, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna pull this up. And with his Orientalist everything going on, <laughs> I thought it might, might be. Um, but I might be wrong. I didn't pause to look. Um... But, like, so the implication is that since we know that he's, we, at this point, we are to assume that he is killing people, that he is it's using his mind powers for evil. It's a kimono. It has, like, a, it looks like a shitty kimono that, like, you would buy at, like, some, like, prop store or something. Because it has, like, a dragon or a tiger or something on the back. It has some kind of thing on the, yeah. It's just an absolutely shitty kimono. It's not a bathrobe. <laughs> um... So I think, like, that the way this is framed is, like, yeah, he has used his mind powers to get into someone's pants. But then... Yeah, like, it's an eastern dragon on the back. Love that. Um, later on in the episode, we learn that he never used his mind powers on Tracy, which kind of implies that he understands, like, the boundary issue and, like, the consent issue when it comes to using your mind control powers... To get sex out of people. Yeah. Also, um, it's very clearly shown that like too much of uh commands that are too complex start to like break people in ways mm -hmm. that like they are aware that something is going wrong with them, as we see later with uh Tracy. And mm -hmm. so like I don't know, like the fact that she's like happily waving at him from the window and everything. Like, I I don't I know just, what we're supposed just, to think. I, what I am choosing to think is that she just has great taste, and Andy is an incredible bed partner. She just likes just, stoners. Yeah, and yeah, like, I also, think he's great. I think it's he's framed lovable. in a way that the characters, as in Sam and Dean, believe that this is him using his powers. Yeah. but it doesn't actually yeah. have to be that. 
Well, he does use it. He does steal that guy's coffee. Like he's okay, that's coffee. That yeah, I know. That's the thing. That's is like the he's a he's a bastard, but not in like a way in like a class clown sort of way. Like yeah. all the things he does are like little things. Like he doesn't actually want for much. He's happy to just live in his van. Yeah. yeah. Um. Like he he takes the Impala for a ride, but he leaves it with the keys in it, so Dean can like get it back. Yeah, he doesn't it's actually like, like. Yeah, he's not malicious at all. No, he's just he's here for silly. a good time. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's just great. like really honestly, he's what we all wish we could be if we lived in a world without capitalism. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like Absolutely. he's he's, he's exactly using his powers right. to live comfortably. He just chills out in his van, smoking weed and reading Immanuel Kant. It's yeah. He is yeah. literally he's peak. He is five. <laughs> One great. of the boys says, "You could have anything you wanted," and he says, "I have everything I need." I have everything I need. Yeah. He just yeah. has his his stoner van and his he's philosophy so... books. Yeah, he's so earnest and content. It's just it's really nice. I love him. Also, while we're gushing about him, I love his like long-sleeved jacket that yes. he permanently has his like hands like balled up inside. It's really cute. He's, this, like this is a weird thing to unbuttoned. say about a real like human actor person, but like he's very good character design. Yeah, there's mm -hmm. a there's a bit where well, I mean, you can design a character like it's like costume departments. No, I do like that sort costuming, of thing, so, but yeah. also like the physicality, the phys yeah. like the way he's embodied. It's true. Like it's it's, true. it's good. Um, there's a bit later after Dr. Jennings dies and he hears that, that he, like, he is genuinely fucked up over it, um, mm -hmm. and, like, goes to see Tracy, like, for the first time in a while, because he needs to, like, talk to a human who he knows and likes, and, like, he has his hands up, like, balled up in his sleeves, and she reaches out and so gently takes them and, like, mm -hmm. urges them yeah. out, and it's so cute. He, Andy is just straight up lovable. Yeah. He's, he's great. He's friendship. He is. I love him. <laughs> Um, speaking of other great things about Andy, this van fucking rules. It rules. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, we'll have to include a couple pictures of the van. Oh, but yeah. there's a fucking barbarian queen riding yep. a polar bear on the outside. And then yeah, on the inside, there's a mini disco ball. Yep. And, and like a, a bed in the trunk. Bong. <laughs> He's, it's, uh, Dean calls it Moby Dick's bong. It's so good. I think this guy would get along great with the ghost facers. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So Where's the Wabat community should have about that? God, give me a show about Ash, Andy, and the ghost facers. God. Just like the stoner version of Supernatural. Yes, that would be so good. Um. Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Uh, Stonehenge by Spinal Tap is playing in the scene, and it is absurd. Like, it's why? Incredible. Who made that decision? Why? It's I love so it, but, like, why Stonehenge? <laughs> it's so funny. It's like Viking rock, which I guess yeah, it's, well, matches it's the a, barbarian queen. A, well, that's the extra thing that's so great about it, is, like, that bit in, in Spinal Tap is, like, a parody of... Uh, like that style of like 60s, 70s, like prog rock that goes very like fantastical in that way. And it's like they didn't even pick one of those actual songs. They just play, they pick the parody of it. And I don't know, that fits Andy. It's great. No, it's great. It's so self aware. Also, the I love how Dean uses the Impala. He literally rides Andy's ass. And I'm like, yeah. you it's have the most standout car. She makes noise. Like, uh -huh. she's such a bad car yeah, like, what were you expecting? following someone. And you're, like, not even being sneaky about it. Dean just... had no plan. Yeah. Like, no wonder you head got empty. fucking mind control out of your car, you dumbass. <laughs> Absolutely head empty. 
literally. Very cute, though, how... I mean, like, it is the mind control, so it completely makes sense, etc. But, like, Andy just, like, compliments... So, first of all, Andy gets out of yeah. the van, and Dean, like, reaches for his gun. And then Andy, like, compliments the car, and Dean relaxes. Yeah. And this is also He's the so thing, is that's why Andy... Andy's not using his powers because we every single time he uses his powers, we hear this cool like undertone, mm-hmm. like spooky demon voice. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, and he, like this also just shows Andy's just genuinely charismatic. Like people like him. He's a likable guy. Dean mm-hmm. immediately like starts cheerfully talking to him. Yeah. Dean is Dean is automatically infatuated with him when he sees his fucking van. Yeah. Well, I like out of that and also when Andy starts complimenting him on his car because yeah. his car is his baby and he's yeah. like, yeah, like I it got real trash but I fixed it up. Like can't let this can't let such a beauty go to waste. It's that like they have they like they have their little could flirt. have become friends. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's the whole scene is very cute. I think Jensen does a really good job. It's so dorky mm-hmm. when when Andy mind controls him. And he goes just hop right in there and he shuts the the <laughs> car door and he drives off and he just stands there. He stands there looking so bow legged. It's adorable. Yeah, we've yeah, talked about we've talked about uh, neurodivergent Dean before. Big like autistic person talking about their hyperfixation in the scene when he's talking about yeah. the Impala. Also obligatory, the car is Dean. Men like to compliment yeah. the car. It's true. Anyway, yeah, and then like he get he gets Obi-Wan as he calls it. Um, and they like track him down and everything, and there's that whole scene with the where they find out he's innocent because that woman sets herself on fire in a way that also, like Dr. Jennings, is absolutely terrifying. She just mm-hmm. casually hoses herself down with gasoline, and there's a guy that's like Lady, what are you doing? She's like, it's fine. And then lights herself on fire. Oh, boy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's scary. I love how she goes, yeah, I can do that. Like, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's really good. Yeah, yeah, when she gets the order on the phone, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, my notes for this scene say, horror, smiley face. Like, I like it when Supernatural remembers to be scary. (laughs) Yep. Yes. Uh, The fact that Sam prevented the premonition means that he saved Dennis, but he didn't save Doc Jennings because he you know still killed himself but dennis is like completely irrelevant to the plot i don't know if they like forgot about him there was no reason for doc jennings to kill him he is not relevant to the weber and andy story i don't know what happened there yeah like i'm curious about what the order he gave dr jennings was like kill one person kill yourself but then he didn't the second time. Like when well, when he that gave didn't a new work, order. He got a new order. Yeah, he gave so a new order. Jumped. This is this is also the thing of like the orders are ephemeral in some degree. If you interrupt them, they wear off. Mm-hmm. It's not like a. It's not a Jessica Jones situation. It's also very funny that the guy who directed this episode went on to direct Jeff- Jessica Jones, considering the Purple Man's powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not a Jessica Jones situation where it sticks. I guess it's like. It wears off. At this point in my notes, I have a comment on Andy's little ear cuff. Gay little jewelry. Good for him. <laughs> oh, yeah. I noticed his gay little jewelry. He's so... Yeah. Like, this is He's Dean's so... ideal form, honestly. Dean <laughs> Dean wishes he were Andy. Exactly. Um, on that note, they find Moby Dick's bong, and then, like, in the next scene, Dean is eating. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Stoner Dean uh, wins again. Dean in this scene also is like, just once I wish I could eat something that isn't, like, microwaved. And I'm like, oh, yeah. buddy. Oof. Yeah. So, again, we have a hint of Dean, like, casually admitting deeply sad truths about himself that he has previously contradicted yeah. in joking ways. Where, like, he was, says that he would kill himself if he had to live a normal person life. 
but also he wants to not live out of a car. Did do does, do we think seasons. does Sam know how to cook? Dean definitely doesn't, but Dean does know how to cook. We just haven't been given the opportunity to see it yet. Oh, okay. Why do you think that he kind wants of implies food? He wants like a full kitchen with like the little islands in the middle. Mm-hmm. Right. Fair enough. Fair when enough. Dean is given the opportunity, he turns into a housewife, and it's adorable. He when wants he a cutting board. To... <laughs> he wants to own like one of those fancy magnetic knife racks. Like he's got it planned. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. Um, I I think Sam does also know how to cook, but like he he cooks like Dean makes a mad cheeseburger, and Sam mm. can make like Sam can make like a quinoa salad or something. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sam makes health food. Dean makes comfort food. Uh huh. Yeah. Together they balance each other out. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Dean reunites with the Impala, he goes, "I'm sorry, baby. I'll never leave you again." Which is so cute. Yeah. He's so adorable. This mm-hmm. episode. This is a very good Dean episode. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Bedlin giving us rights as usual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also have a note. Dean's little face with three heart emojis, but I don't know what it was about. It was after the bomb. <laughs> I don't know. He's just baby. Truly. He's very that. amused to see the bong. Yes. It's, it's not that I mean, to be fair, it's hilarious. It is very funny. It's, it's like so... when you play Saints Row 4 for the first time, you, <laughs> you oh, discover the dildo. It was while he was being mind controlled to tell the truth, and like he just keeps saying things and can't oh, help it. He's making yeah. like adorable oh, expressions yeah. yes. there. That is the next scene I wanted to talk about. Or yeah, I Sam love. Goes, Dean, shut up. And he goes, I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> I love that he's just like. I think we talked about this a while back in um, uh, the episode where Sam got possessed of uh, this is often a thing that I like in fantasy stories where like some magic thing makes a character reveal what their true feelings are. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that was asylum. That was in Asylum. Um, and yeah, that happens for Dean here, too, of like he finally spills the beans about like what what he really thinks about Sam. And it's not as bad as it could have been. But he is genuinely frightened. Yeah. Where no, Dean says, good. here, I'll read it out. He says, uh, Sam, psychic, kind of like you, well, not really like you. He's saying this all, like, extremely fast, but I'll try to slow down. Um, but see, he thinks you're a murderer, and he's afraid that he's going to become one himself because you're all part of something that's terrible. And I hope to hell that he's wrong, but I'm starting to get a little scared that he might be right. Mm. So he's, you know, forced to admit Buddy. that he is, in fact, worried that Sam might be right. But also, at the end of the episode, Sam is like, so, um, you want to talk about that? And Dean goes, no way. I didn't say that. Nope. You you didn't hear that. <laughs> I, I pretend he actually I do says not it, see it. He says something like, it's like re- being roofied, it doesn't count, which is a bad line. It has bad implications I don't like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, going back to that scene, um... I love the way Andy's powers are just able to, like, navigate around the, like, do we tell this person the thing? It's great. And he's so... Andy truly... It's so funny that he, as a dude with psychic powers, is like, what the fuck? Demons? What? Wait, right. you have visions of the future? What? And Sam's like, dude, you you control people's minds. <laughs> Did you really think that you were the only magic person in existence? <laughs> is this really that surprising to you? And yes, it, it is. But also, once he gets past the impossibility of it all, he's like, dude, that sucks. I mean, like, when I got yeah. my mind thing, it was like a gift, you know? It was like I won the lotto, and Sam, that's when Sam says he could have anything he wanted. So so Andy has, like, extremely useful to him powers, and Sam gets migraines of people about to die, so. 
What's the X-Men meme about, is it Storm being like, yeah. we're mutants, like, there's nothing wrong with us, and she's, like, talking to the person who, like, kills everyone Rogue, she touches? Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's very that. Yes. Uh, in that same scene, I say that Dean is a nerd twice. But after that, yeah. Oh, this is the Star Wars thing that I was freaking out about. Oh, yeah. When Andy talks this, like, genial, like, old policeman who's like, I really shouldn't be letting you boys in here. Um, <laughs> that's my old man voice. Uh, <laughs> what he, he, like, says to him, like, these are not the droids you're looking for. And Dean, <laughs> Dean like, goes, awesome. And I'm like, I can't handle that. It's absurd to me. Like, okay, Dean, okay. Everyone knows what Star Wars is. Okay, okay. But here's the thing. When I was in middle school, uh, uh -huh. I was obsessed with The Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay? Uh -huh. And I went around one day at gym class, and I asked people if they knew what The Nightmare Before Christmas was. And, like, most of the people told me no. And every time someone told me yes, I got so excited. So I feel like that's what Dean feels. Right, but it's fucking Star Wars. Yeah, but it's like, like the cornerstone of American culture. I'm sorry. It's Nightmare Before Christmas is not Star Wars. Nightmare Before Christmas is very good and also very popular. It's not Star Wars. In fairness to Dean, I think the point is less that like, oh, wow, he knows how to make Star Wars references and more like he has the relevant psychic powers and makes a reference with it. Right. I guess that's true. Like, it would be disappointing to find someone who uses mind control and doesn't make a Jedi joke about it. It is very, very cute. He's very nerdy. I it love I, I joked in the Discord that uh, Dean is now a Redditor to me. Jesus. I mean, don't, I dare don't you to say the thing that you 15, said, please. please. <laughs> tell me he's not on Reddit like he is. He's on the Am I the Asshole subs all the time. <laughs> well, Emma, you're so right. You're oh, so Jesus. correct. Do you mean as an OP or just like scrolling through, doling out judgment? But like both. Dean like both. writing like he has to be in charge, very... but also he needs validation. <laughs> Poorly normalized stories of like explaining supernatural events, but like having to make them be normal. <laughs> it's like, hey, was I in the wrong here? Should I have maybe killed this vampire after all? <laughs> Anyway, the thing I said that Ash told me not to say is based Star Wars reference of an upvote, good sir. God, the 2008 <laughs> meme talk just radiating off of that is so much. <laughs> Moving Kicks past Fedora. that, um, I think it's very funny that this is like an evil twin reveal. Like, it's it's literally, so it is just... Yeah, Actually, he's like, I have an evil it. twin? It's really good, though. It's, it's good, great. it works, and it especially <laughs> so works, dumb. because not only is it, like, a classic trope in the sense of, like, oh, the butler did it, it's, it works because Weber um, complicates the pattern of the demon. Yes. So, like, it actually adds to the plot instead of just being an evil twin. Mm hmm I, okay. This, this episode came out in 2006? Seven or eight, but it's early, 2007. so still seven. Okay. Kingdom Hearts came out in 2002. This character is named after Ansem the Wise. I don't think Ansem's a name. Hello, listeners. It's Wyatt from the future here. I'm about to say something incredibly, incredibly stupid, and I have left it in for your listening pleasure, even though I could have edited it out to make myself sound smarter. I hope you enjoy. Oh, also, when I said I don't think Ansem's a name, I meant first name. It's definitely a surname.
Also, this means that Ansem's parents were huge nerds because they named their child after the villain from Kingdom Hearts. Wait, you just said it came out in 2002. He's not six years old. Oh. The writers might You're right. <laughs> no, never mind. Yeah, they... Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't okay, have a brain. Okay, in that case, the writers of this episode are big The writers big of this nerds. episode are big nerds. What? Ben Edlund is a nerd? No way. <laughs> Gasp. Didn't he write the girl with the Dungeons and Dragons tattoo? No, the, I think oh, I think that was Robbie Thompson. I would have to check. Ah. Ansem also can mind control people, too. Or yeah, like It's more like he possesses power. their bodies, but like... This character is named after Ansem from Kingdom Hearts. I can't... Like, there's no other answer to me about why he's named Ansem. <laughs> The supernatural cinematic universe continues to expand. <laughs> anyway, he's really scary. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he's it's scary. good. I don't like him. He's extremely he's, calm he's in a very evil, bad, good way. Him. Yeah. The scene For with some him reason, he always reminds me of Frodo, but I don't know He why. does. He does look like Elijah Wood. He does. Okay, he okay. Does. I'm glad it's not no, just No, you're me. super right. I was okay. like, they got out off-brand Elijah Wood for this. Uh, <laughs> but what, what they actually got... Uh, we get an early actor fact because I I can't stop sitting on this. It's Adam Jensen. This guy's Adam Jensen from Deus Ex. This is the I never asked for this guy. He's here. See, I feel like that was supposed to be like really impressive. <laughs> I but know, me and just Emma like are not dead air. So. <laughs> that's fine. No, that's fine. I'm sure someone will be like, what? <laughs> I've seen Deus Ex Machina starring Oscar Isaac once, like a decade ago. <laughs> that's about as close. Um, I think this. This episode does kind of bring up a little bit of, like, the nature versus nurture type thing, but it didn't go as hard as I think it should have. Mm. Because, like, obviously, I mean, obviously Andy and uh, Weber came from the same stock, you know, they're twins, they both were, uh -huh. they were both given demon powers, um, psychic powers by a demon, The same psychic power. Um, yeah, um, but... Obviously, Andy grew up to be, like, a really kind-hearted individual who's just kind of a bastard, who just kind of uh -huh. likes to play pranks on people. Um, Take whereas the coffee. Whereas Weber turned into a very obsessive, creepy, not very good guy. Um, and we don't get a very good, like, knowledge of their lives, but considering that Max's uh, issues were supposedly caused by his mother dying in the fire, which is why his dad became abusive, the fact that Weber is evil, but his mother didn't die in a fire, mm -hmm. continues to complicate this, like, the, the psychic children by their very natures are evil, because Andy is not evil, um, and Weber yeah. is evil despite not having a lot of the other things happen to him that the other psychic children did. Yeah. yeah, and, like, that was a big thing we talked about with um the previous Psychic Child episode of, like, Part of, like, what the show was saying there in a way that sucked was, like, if this kid's uh, mom had never died in this fire, like, his whole family life would have been different and he wouldn't uh, be driven to do murders, etc., etc. Whereas, mm -hmm. like, that's not true for our boy Andy. And we mm -hmm. have no idea, like, what uh, Ansem's uh, home life uh, was like. Yeah, we the only one, know that his the one family thing came we from do upstate. Know about you know, something that happened to Weber that didn't happen to the other psychic children is that Yellow Eyes came to him in a dream. Yeah. Yes, and did, like, specifically He, like, let him, him in on at least some of the fact that he has plans, whether or not he knew about the plans is not mm -hmm. really made clear, but, like, he knew that this demon had plans for him. He told him, you have a twin brother, and um, 
we don't have any indication that the demon has come to any of the other children. Yeah, it's it's this is the first time we see the yellow-eyed demon interfering in the lives of the children after that initial yeah. nursery thing. Unless you count Sam and Dean hunting. <laughs> Sam brought it on himself, he's hunting the guy down. It's true. <laughs> yeah, so like, it's really interesting, like, did the demon miss Weber because he got adopted and he's like, oh shit, I missed this guy, let yeah. me go back and give him his powers and tell him about this. Like, <laughs> what? Why? How did? How is he choosing these victims? How is he like deciding? Is there a genetic component to psychic powers? Like the fact that they have the same power is obviously just like for plot purposes. They have to have the same power so that they could think it's Andy, but it turns out to not be him. But like the fact that twins really have the same given, powers, like, like, did the demon choose to do that, or is it like that's how it manifests in them? Also, given what we find out later about how these powers develop, which we have alluded to already. It makes it all very weird, and you're like, okay, how does this all fit? And I'm sure mm-hmm. we'll talk about it when that reveal comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, Weber's use of bro is oh, yeah. uncomfortable. It's really good. He is a very... I would, I would like to think he's like a very believable character who has like this kind of unhealthy attachment and obsession and... Um, ownership issue over someone he basically doesn't know uh-huh or like knows under false pretenses i don't know for sure i can't remember if weber knew andy before he was revealed or like he met him under a fake name on purpose i think it's well the he learned one. he learned andy existed eight months ago because uh because the yellow-eyed demons yellow-eyed demon told him right mm-hmm. yeah and then he came to the and got yeah. A job at the same bar that Andy was yeah. working at with Tracy. Oh, that's how they met, and, right? Yeah, and they were kind of—I guess they were. So, like, he's—he's he's holding more of the cards from the start of their relationship. Like, he already knows mm-hmm. yeah. this is his twin brother, and Andy is just like, "Hey, cool new coworker." Yeah. Um, I love how Dean's got a fucking sniper rifle. Yeah. <laughs> I also—I guess like little thing, but I like that uh, none of the psychic people can use their powers on each other. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I like that Sam, like, Sam, <laughs> it's very funny. Sam being immune to this mind control thing makes him, like, the major character in this because, like, Dean can't interact. Like, Dean can't get involved. But Sam still, Sam, like, gets taken out of the story. So then Edlitz to, like, OCs can interact with each other. <laughs> like, he just gets yeah. bashed over the back with a with a big stick and drops, like, a bag of rocks and doesn't get up for, like, the next, like, eight minutes or something. Like, he is out for the rest of that scene. It is funny how you say the psychic kids can't use their powers on each other because Sam's powers are about their powers. Like, mm, he yeah, the, I guess the mind control. He doesn't have, like, an the mind active control doesn't power. Work but, yeah, psychic. he is yeah. immune to their, you know imposing their powers on speaking of dean with the sniper rifle there's like the really good gunshot fake out where you think for a second did he do it or like weber spots him and so dean puts the gun under his because weber is powerful enough to uh, impart commands without actually speaking and apparently from a pretty good distance um and so dean is like about to shoot himself and then he goes it cuts away back to the others and you hear the gunshot, but then Weber falls down instead. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just like all the other times where we've had to face killing people who are ostensibly human, um, mm-hmm. Dean and Sam did not do it. So their hands continue to be quote-unquote clean. Yep, it's true. Andy did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, this whole scene, 
like on the bridge before we like get to the end of the episode is so much in a way that like on one hand was like really interesting and tense like the showdown between the two brothers on the other hand like felt really exploitative with how it was treating tracy as this like yeah. mm -hmm. object that needed to be saved more than a person who could do things mm -hmm. which i think kind of was the point like yeah weber made her into an object because he doesn't see her as a person yeah like, she is something that belongs to Andy, and he wants Andy to himself, therefore Tracy cannot be around. Like, he's going to take her for himself and then get rid of her and in, like, a very um, dehumanizing way. Like, he's not going to think of her as a person, he's going to tr treat her as someone who just does the things that he wants. Something that does the things he wants. Um, yeah. There's a very disgusting line. Okay, Weber says, I take my ladies here. They like it. Well, I mean, I like it. So, of course, they do too. Which is disgusting, and I hate it. It's awful. It makes him mm -hmm. a very, very unlikable villain character immediately. That's his first line in the scene. Yeah. When he's talking to her about jumping off the dam, and he says, you're gonna think you can fly, gave me fucking chills. Mm-hmm. It's really... This is what I was talking about earlier, about, like, more complex things, like, break a person, because she very clearly knows that she's being asked to kill herself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, you can fly, can't you? And she, like, goes, I think so. Yeah. And, oh, oh. He is a very effective villain, I, but I hate him. I yeah. want to beat him to death. Um, yeah, I'm glad... Now that you say that, because that has always bothered me how, like, she's so inconsistent, but I think that makes a lot of sense saying that, like, more complex, like, the more you pile on someone, the less effective it becomes. Because yeah. um, it always confused me how she was, like, off and on crying and sobbing when he keeps telling her, you know, that it's going to be okay, but I think that that makes it work. Yeah, it's the only way it makes sense to me, and it fits with what we've seen mm -hmm. previously. The characters are still mostly themselves except for the specific order that they get. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's easier to just tell someone to, like, set yourself on fire than, like, give someone a bunch of very complex uh, orders that, like, affect their psychology specifically in the way that he was trying to do with Tracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Andy, we, we said Andy has not used his powers on Tracy, but to stop him, her from you know beating yeah. up sam he does which is really good and then at the end he says that she's scared of me it's now, really which good. is very sad um it's very sad but that's that's also the bit andy weber has already gotten duct taped on his mouth and he still managed to control tracy and andy's confused by this because yep. he's never managed to do that and weber tells him to practice and he says sometimes the headache's worth it which implies that if they're straining their powers they get a headache whereas sam gets headaches when he gets more powerful visions, but he doesn't seem to be doing it intentionally. So, like, this, yeah. they have a power they can choose to use and choose to push harder, and Sam just gets his brain hijacked sometimes. Yeah, I'm very curious mm -hmm. what induces Sam's visions. Death, apparently. Like, yeah, I guess. But, like, what process? Yeah, I don't know. There's a disturbance in the force. Yeah, it, well, that's the thing. Is it passive or active? Like, is it him picking up, like, waves of some, like, psychic energy? Or is there some, like, external force that, like, has agency mm. that is telling Sam, like, you need to go do this thing? But then if that was the case, then, like, he wouldn't have gotten that. Uh, actually, no. Because if that, I was going to say if that was the case, he wouldn't have gotten the vision about the woman that he had no chance of saving who set herself on fire. But the use case of that vision is as proof that uh, Andy is not the one doing it. 
which I think maybe gives credence to this being like an actual force with agency inducing these visions. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to remember if we ever see Sam deliberately put himself under to have a vision. I don't Mm, remember if it happens, so I will keep an eye out. We'll see. Yeah, I I don't know either. Uh, This is uh, also, by the way, um, Sam's visions very much remind me of, uh, (laughs) talk about Stephen King again, uh, The Dead Zone by Stephen King. Oh, yeah. uh, Which is a story about, yeah. Uh, and that, like, the, the movie version of that often does this very cool thing where, like, where he's, like, at, when he's having the vision, he is, like, in the room, and there's, like, stuff about it that is off in some way, uh, that it very much, like, reminded me of the sink on the ceiling, of, like, here are some, like, cool, like, filmographic tricks we can use to make you, the audience, know that, like, this is not reality, this is a weird, like, dream space that, like, may come true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Uh, anything else about this episode? Oh yeah, we barely touched on the. Oh yeah, the talk conversation at the end. Conversations back and yeah. forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Dean says you're not a murderer, and Sam says I kill all kinds of things, and Dean says that those things are asking for it. So yeah, he sure does little, say that. A little poke at the monster-human divide and uh-huh. the killer-hero divide. And the like, a a thing is a monster or deserves to be killed because it has hurt someone else. Like, yeah. Situation. And then Sam at the end says that everyone is capable of murder uh, because Andy, although he didn't want to kill people, he yeah. didn't like go around killing people. He did kill Weber. Um. So Sam is concerned that he might become somebody who kills a person, maybe even his mm-hmm. brother. Yeah, that is the parallel that this episode does. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Not in a one-to-one way, because I don't think Dean would never be as evil as Ansem is, but... No, gross. Um, My last two notes for this episode are, do you want to talk about how you talked about your feelings scene? Yeah. (laughs) And uh, Sam coming out scene, because that is how it reads when he's talking to Ellen and Joe, and I can't remember (laughs) if Ash is there. He's like, so I... Mom, I have something to tell you. I have visions. (laughs) Before that, uh, Dean says, I'm calling do-over, and Sam says, what are you, seven? Love them. Some more, some more very good, like, brotherly banter. hmm Yeah, the conversation at the end is very good of Sam. <laughs> Sam, like, very nervously being like, so, I'm, I'm like, psychic. <laughs> I can't yeah, remember what- Yeah, very cute. Yeah, it's just, like, Ellen's just like, you better break up the whiskey, and there isn't really- I was like, does Ash say something? I'd love to know Ash's, like, opinion on psychic powers, but no, we don't get the conversation. It's just, like- it just cuts. And Ellen asks if the psychics are dangerous, and Dean immediately says, no, not mm-hmm. all of them. And Sam says, but some are. Yeah. Some are very dangerous, so we get a continuation of that tension. Yeah. Which is good. Mm-hmm. Also, I do really like um, when they're like being vague about it, Ellen just is like straight to the point, says, you mind your tongue with me, boy. This isn't just your war. This is war. Now, something big and bad's coming, and it's coming fast, and their side holds all the cards. Now, at best, all we got is us, together. No secrets or half truths here, which makes like the next episode where they lie to her like extra upsetting to me. Mm-hmm. She just wants to be your mom, boys. Yeah, like I get it. Like, don't snitch, but like, Ellen's cool. Okay, are we ready for the next episode? Actor facts. Oh, we got a couple other naturally. actor facts. Uh, for first actor fact, there's not not a lot actual interesting about Andy's actor's career. However, his name is Gabriel Tigerman, which is so good. Congrats. That's his Incredible. name. Like, is that a stage like, name? Is that like his birth I don't, name? I have no idea. Hold on, let me look on his wiki. <laughs> he uh, he's in like a few episodes of um, uh, Silicon Valley, but like not yeah, much else uh, of note. Um, like I already said, Elias Tufexis is Adam Jensen. 
He doesn't have anything in his biography. Gabriel section, Harper uh, Tiger Man. The Wikipedia. I think just he's just. I think he's just. I think that's just his name. I think his name's just Tiger Man. Fuck yeah. Oh, his birth name is. Yeah, that's his that's fucking name. That's his birth name. name. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. According to IMDb. In fucking incredible. Incredible. Okay, final thing. Uh, Tracy is played by um, uh, Kiara Zani, uh, who has been in so many things as a voice actress. Uh, she's Daring Do in My Little Pony. Um, she is Mimi in a Canadian animated TV show. What about Mimi? Uh, she's Stella Luna in the, this is all just like Canadian animation shit. This probably means nothing to you guys. Um, but yeah, she's in so many, uh, Teletoon shows. Uh, and also she's the, uh, dub voice actor for Hamtaro, which I watched so much of when I was a kid. So a lot of my childhood life is filled with Kiara Zani's voice for some reason. <laughs> Incredible. Hold on, she's in My Little Pony. I think that officially makes Weber uh, brony. Mmm, don't like that. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we're going to take a break. When <laughs> <laughs> we come back, we'll talk about episode. No exit. No exit, thank you. It's okay, when I was making my spread this morning, I had to Google it too. <laughs> it's not as memorable a name as Simon said. Mm -mm. Anyway. It's Simon Says. Yeah, I know. I don't. I mean, I guess it's Simon it's Simon said. said because it's past tense because they're dead. I think is why it's called that. Two six no exit was written. Uh, IMDb uh, says Eric Kripke and Matt Witten wrote it. Um, the Super Wiki says it was just Matt Witten. I think I IMDb know. usually credits Eric Kripke as, like, the creator and showrunner. Ah, So he gets enough. writer credit every time. Okay, well, in that case, it was, this was Matt Witten. Um, the cold open begins in Philadelphia. Um, a girl is on the phone with her landlord because her lights keep flashing. Um, and she is upset because this apartment was supposed to be ready for her when she moved in. Um, she gets off the phone and notices that there's a little puddle of black goo on her coffee table. Some more jumps, drops onto her shoulder, and she notices that there's some leaking out of an exposed light switch. She goes to investigate, and there's a little eyeball in there. Attached to the rest of a face, it should be said. <laughs> um, title card. Uh, we cut to the boys outside the roadhouse, talking about a possible hunt to do with a Katie Holmes getting abducted by a cult. I assume that's a reference. Um... They overhear shouting inside the roadhouse and go inside to see Joe and Ellen yelling at each other. Ellen tries to get the boys to leave, but Joe wants their opinion on the argument. Uh, Joe wants to go on a hunt. Ellen doesn't want her to go. Um, Joe hands them a file about six missing women, all fitting the same profile, disappearing from a building over the past 80 years. The cops have never picked up the pattern because of the time span. So Sam and Dean agree to take the case since Ellen won't let Joe investigate it herself. And we cut to the boys breaking into the apartment of the disappeared girl. They feel kind of guilty about snagging Joe's case and find the remains of some ectoplasm on the wall. Uh, we find out that ectoplasm is only created by majorly pissed off powerful spirits, uh, which obviously makes the stakes go really high up. Um, they go out into the hallway and uh, they hear Joe talking to the landlord about how excited she is to move into the apartment. She sees Sam and Dean and pretends to be Dean's girlfriend, saying that they're checking out the apartment together. Uh, Joe says she'll take it, paying with, like, a huge wad of cash. 
next we see all of them sitting around their gathered informations. Joe's fiddling with a knife. Dean is walking around in the background, and Sam is sitting there looking at their evidence. Ellen calls Dean, and Dean lies to her, telling her that he hasn't seen Joe, reluctantly agreeing to let Joe in on the hunt. They have to scan the whole building for EMF. So they split up, but Dean doesn't want to let Joe go on her own, especially since she fits the ghost's M.O. of a young, petite, blonde woman. Uh, Joe accuses Dean of misogyny, saying that he doesn't think women can hunt, but he replies that women can do it fine, but amateurs can't. Uh, Joe really wants... <laughs> he says this isn't gender studies. He says this isn't mean. gender studies! Yeah. <laughs> he does. Um, Joe really wants to prove herself, but Dean wants to get her out of the life. Her to get out of the life while she still has a chance. Joe and Dean are pretty extensive mirrors of each other, and that's, like, really explored in this episode. Uh, Joe is scanning around for EMF and nearly gets grabbed by the ghost from a vent. She and Dean open the vent and look inside, and Dean pulls out a handful of blonde hair, <laughs> still attached to some, some scalp. It's, it's so really gross. Um, that night, another woman is taken. We see the ghost pull her into the wall. The next morning, Dean and Joe have a conversation about their, da their dads. We find out that the knife that Joe keeps playing with uh, belonged to her dad, and she asks Dean about his first memory of John, and I'm sure we'll talk about this scene because it's a lot. Uh, Sam comes back with no coffee and tells him that there are cops outside because another girl has gone missing. Uh, they find out that the building that is now an apartment complex uh, was built on a field that used to stand next to a prison, and the field is where they would hang criminals. Uh, Ash compiles a list of all of the criminals executed in this field, and one of them is Herman Webster Mudgett, a.k.a. H.H. Holmes, one of America's first serial killers. His M.O. matches the ghosts, and they decide that he's probably hiding in the walls, and that's how he's disappearing people. Yeah, this is the murder hotel guy we talked about a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they break into the walls and start looking around for any sign of the missing women. After Joe see or Dean and Joe come to a place that's too narrow for Dean to fit, so Joe goes on alone. Dean goes to go meet her, but halfway there he hears her scream, and the phone cuts out after Joe sees ectoplasm begin to leak from the walls. Dean breaks down the wall and finds only the cell phone. As they're trying to figure out a plan to get her back, Ellen calls, because uh, Ash told her what was going on, and she demands to talk to Joe, which forces Dean to come clean about her getting taken by the ghost. He promises to get her back, and Ellen says she's taking the first flight out. Dean and Sam say that since there wasn't any sign of the girls in the walls, maybe they're not looking in the right place. The apartment building is built over top an old, unused sewer, so they think that might be where Holmes is stowing his victims. They find the manhole cover to get into the sewer, and we see Joe wake up in a dark, small room. She finds her flashlight, and she's shut in some kind of cubby in a large room, and Teresa, the other girl, is also there mm -hmm. in another cubby across the room. It's like the most horrible, dank, gross sewer room in the world. It's I disgusting. hate it. It's really bad lighting, This too, episode is, is horrifying. Good. Yeah, I'm claustrophobic, and this episode mm -hmm. was a, a lot for me. <laughs> I'm not particularly claustrophobic, like, I can do elevators, but if, if I can't, like, turn around yeah. in, in a space, that's too much for me. So watching Dean and Sam, like, crawl through the sewers, oh god, it was a lot, I hated it. Uh, there's, like, a roach on the sewer wall, which is a lot worse for me personally than the claustrophobia, so that, yeah, that was the like, this is bad all around for which us. Is funny. <laughs> mm -hmm. They learned their lesson after I've bugs. thankfully never seen a roach in my life. Mm. Um, so... The ghost shows up, and he is a major creep. Um, he tries to cop a feel on Joe, and she stabs him with her iron knife, it's which great. mostly just pisses him off. It is really good. Uh, it really like good for he her. like vanishes for a second, like he, he does, does the vanish. ghost thing. He like goes it's... like ah, oh. because she yells pure but iron, just... you creepy ass son of a bitch. Pure iron. So you know, yep. iron affects it, but not like dispels yeah. or kills it. It yeah, it dis disapparated him. 
but it's a really good Chekhov's he... gun for her from earlier when Dean judges her and her little knife. Mm -hmm. It's like turns out her little knife was great, actually. Yeah, uh, he comes back in a bit to take the knife from her, and that's when Dean and Sam show up to shoot him with rock salt. Now, in order to trap Holmes, they have to use Joe's bait. Um, they have her sit and wait for him to manifest again and then release a ring of salt around the room, which traps mm -hmm. him in there. Which is actually a good plan. Good for them. They it's actually really have like good. a genuinely good plan. Good plan. Like, it mm -hmm. required planning, um, and they did it. <laughs> yes. And it worked. Uh, they get out of the sewer and fill it with cement to keep him down there, and then we cut to Dean, Sam, Joe, and Ellen in the Impala. It's awkward, it's horrible, it's, it's absolutely silent, it's, it's so great. good. <laughs> Ellen is pissed. Uh, Dean tries to make light of it, and Ellen is not fucking having it. Yeah, At one point, he goes, let's go some, let, yeah, let's go listen to some music, and then You're As Cold As Ice yeah, comes on, really and Ellen funny. turns it right it's back really off. It's really funny. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, when they get back to right, the And house, then he says Ellen it's going to be a long drive. Yes. And there's uh -huh. another really few great. seconds and, of and them Sam in silence. And Joe, it's so good. Yeah, Sam and Joe keep, like, sending each other glances. It's really yeah. good. It's like when you're sitting in the backseat of your parents' car. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. You're just like, okay, what do I do? Um, when they get back to the roadhouse, Ellen and Joe get into an argument, and Joe demands to know the truth about why Ellen is so unhappy with her hunting and why she's pissed the Winchesters used her as bait. Uh, we don't get to see it, but Dor Joe storms out of the roadhouse and brushes mm. past Dean, but he presses her because he wants to know what she and her mom were talking about. Turns out that when Joe's dad went on his last hunt, he had a partner, which was odd because he usually worked alone. His partner used him as bait, fucked up, and got Joe's dad killed. And turns out that the, that the other hunter was none other than John Winchester. Yeah. Uh, Joe tells the Winchester boys to go, and that's the end of the episode. And again, they don't drive off of the end. Yeah, it just yeah. closes just on like, like a shot of Dean clenching yeah. his jaw. Yep. Yeah. Oh, boy. The fact that uh, they're, that her dad, that Joe's dad died being used as bait, and they used Joe as bait in this episode is so good. It's very good. Mm -hmm. um, also... And they didn't know, and she yeah, didn't know, no, and she yeah. was okay with being used as bait. But it's yeah, still, the, like, the very good, like... Narrative parallels. Also, another Dean-Joe mirror, because Dean also gets mm -hmm. used yeah. as bait by John a lot. It's true. Mm -hmm. Like, we saw it in 120 Dead Man's Blood, but it, he, he mentions... At various points, then it happened more than that. So I'm I'm a strong believer in rehabilitative justice. However, I this was justice to me. Get owned, H. H. Holmes. <laughs> yeah, get it's fucked. really good. The when Dean shows up with the cement, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. This ghost is never gonna bother anyone ever again. Because it's like it's horrifying, truly. But finally, somebody acknowledges that like assault circle yeah. is not a permanent structure yeah so she's like what if it rains you know and sam says that's why we're waiting here and she goes waiting for what and he waits and then the cement truck shows up and he goes for that it's so good it's so good and joe uh sam says this little like oh which is very funny and i wrote it down and then uh -huh. joe's like you, you i forget yeah, how she says it she role says, playing like, construction you stole workers. A, a cement truck you lifted a cement truck something like that and he goes i'll give it back <laughs> i'll give it back yeah He's so cute. Oh, man. I love that H.H. H. Holmes is just trapped under the city forever in this, like, in cement. It's great. I assume ghosts probably dissipate over time, but, like, he's just down there. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it's just, like, this is a, this is, like, a cursed sewer situation. Nobody ever, like, go down there. You'll unearth the terrible spirit of H.H. H. Holmes. 
Probably. That's nightmarish. While they're filling it up with cement, there's like a nice, you know, hero shot of the three of them standing there. And I just have like so many yeah. heart emojis in my notes here. They're like, those are my best friends. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. There was a story I read in my horror class that was about a a mansion that was basically like an H.H. H. Holmes mm. murder thing. But it was also about secret societies and shit. Interesting. I can't, for, I can't remember what it was called. Well, if you remember, let us know. But that reminded me very heavily of this. This is an episode set in Philly, which is one of the bigger cities we've mm-hmm. had in mm-hmm. our episodes. We had Chicago for a shadow, but most of the time we stick to small towns. And so this was like a city mm-hmm. with a significant number of people. Yeah. Are we starting from the beginning? Yeah. yeah. Scary cold open also this time. I don't like mm-hmm. the black goo. It's very good. Yeah, it's, it's good. Icky. They have a really good sound effect going with the ectoplasm. There's like this kind of burbling. Yeah. It's very off-putting. Yeah, I like it. It's very ominous. I also like this cold open actress. She's like extremely bitchy, please. Like she's doing very, yeah. you know, she she has a right to be angry. This apartment is not in the condition it should be, but it's also like nope. she's a bitch and I love her for it. Good job. Mm-hmm. My first note is landlords eye-rolling. <laughs> mm-hmm. Say that. Landlords, the major villains of various horror stories. Mm-hmm. So true, bestie. <laughs> Uh, this whole episode is so fucking washed out. It's so washed out. It's so tense, too. Mm-hmm. A lot of long moments that just, like, make you sit with the bad things that are happening. Uh, by the way, I, I went through my canvas. Uh, the the novel is called The Quaker City or The Monks of Monk Hall by George Lepard. Hmm. It's very long. <laughs> um... After the uh, cold open at the start of the episode, when Ellen and Joe are having that fight, and the uh, the the, yeah. the the tourists with the shirts that say Nebraska yes. is for lovers it's come so in, good. and it's, it's so, so funny. Good. I love just like that. you guys open, and Ellen says, we'll "Yes, try the Arby's says, yeah. no, it's so good. It's so good." Like, yeah, we got some Arby's moment. product placement. It's really good. It's very funny. Um, before that, when. Dean says whatever line it is about Katie Holmes. Do we know what that is, first of all? Uh, I didn't catch that. She's an American actress, Katie Holmes is. She was in Dawson's Creek. Was she kidnapped by a cult? I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. Does Dean watch Dawson's Creek? Uh, When Katie Holmes started showing interest in boyfriend Tom Cruise's religion, Scientology, it was negatively noted. Uh, Some suggested she had been coerced or brainwashed into it. Uh, Okay. She dated Tom Cruise. Fuck Scientology. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay, and Sam goes, also, in response I love how to Sam that calls line, him bitchy. Sam says, that's funny, and for you, so bitchy. <laughs> Which is like the best yeah. line Sam gets in this episode, because he's barely in it. It's really good. He is. Really he good. is. This is not a Sam episode bitchy at Dean all. Writes. He's like barely here. No. Like, no. when I he mean, shows up to do the research, my notes episode. literally say like, oh, Sam is in a scene? Because this yeah. is a Dean and Joe episode. Like, Dean is mirroring is. off of Joe, who is taking center stage for this episode. and Or, you know secondary main stage and sam is just kind of in the background sam is there to save Teresa because dean is busy with joe like sam is, yeah sam is here to do his research and save the side character and disappear again sam is a prop so true he's a little lord boy when they start working the case later uh with their emf readers out um dean says sam says i feel kind of bad snaking joe's case and dean says yeah maybe she put together a good file but could you see her out here working one of these things i don't think so and i'm like dean you're so judgy he's a bitch heart emoji he's a bitch he's a boss and he shines like glass (laughs) (laughs) 
That's why he and Cass are perfect for each other. Um, also, in the in the same scene when the goo shows up, uh, and Dean's like, "That's ecto ectoplasm," like very seriously. Well, Sam, I know what we're dealing with here. And then he go he grins and goes, "It's the Stay Puft Marshmallow, Marshmallow Man. Man. He's so stupid. It's so <laughs> cute." Uh... And Sam just rolls his eyes. It's so cute. But yeah, like this is we've never seen ectoplasm in the show before. Like this is a major ghost stuff. This is for the scariest possible ghost. Dean calls it a badass mm -hmm. ghost. The big mm -hmm. leagues. Yeah. And then Joe shows up and Joe shows up and calls him Dino. Yeah. It's really and in response, cute. he calls her sweetie. In like an extremely uh -huh. stilted way. It's, oh sweetie. <laughs> yeah, he is the most like clenching his jaw throughout this scene. It's really good. It's really funny. I love it when characters who are not like See, this just further cements the fact that Joe and Dean have no romantic mm -hmm. chemistry. Because, like, if a, if a pair of characters that I ship do this, it makes me insane. Uh-huh. Like, fake dating as, like, a slow burn um, yeah. instigation is the funny. classic trope. Slow burn as, like, awkward tension between people with no romantic chemistry is also funny. But, what did I say? You said slow burn. Oh, I... Okay, whatever. We're going to pretend that I didn't say anything wrong and keep moving forward. <laughs> it's um, fine. We don't have time for this. Uh, like, the the fact that there is absolutely no believability to this, and not even, yeah. like, in a... They're so uncomfortable because they actually have feelings for each other. Like, the, they, it's just, they She is smug and he is like mad. <laughs> and it's great. It's very funny. I also like that Joe is lying extremely smoothly. She... She's yeah. not expecting to see them there, but she just immediately goes, like, yeah, of course, and, like, adapts to this situation, and Dean, yeah, like, she nails stumbles it. through it, because he's, she's she's so quick smart. as a whip. She's so good. Also, the she's scene, so the subtitles don't her. match when Joe is off-screen still. Oh, that's funny. Like, at all. No, they don't. But it doesn't matter. She's just saying something about the hallway. I don't remember the, the exact line, but she's just talking about, like, oh, yeah, I knew mm. this was the place for me, in both the subtitles and the actual conversation i almost had the dub and <laughs> we don't get the dubs until season 16 um i was gonna say until the supernatural anime oh i forgot about that we're not watching the dub of that are we i mean sam's like jared padalecki's in it uh, i didn't know that jensen ackles isn't but jared... no that's because he was too busy being dead shot yeah Anyway, okay. um, anyway. Dean, Dean being like, you shouldn't lie to your mom is again just like coming off as extremely strong older brother's energy. Like, he, you know, the older sibling uh -huh. is always like, you're not supposed to lie to the parents because the older sibling doesn't get away with it. Anyway, my next note says, Joe hustles poker, flips knives, steals hearts. Cause I love it's her great. Much. She rules. I love, I love that she's just Joe, playing with this knife friend, and how Joe. passive aggressive she and Dean are being to each other. Where Dean's mm -hmm. like, "Stop playing with that knife," and she's like, "Would you stop standing up?" Also, she got asked to play a credit trail uh, for her in case Ellen mm -hmm. looked into what she was doing, which is again, Joe's really smart. Yeah, and she's also she tells Dean to untwist to his boxers. It's really cute. Joe is really like peak. I'm not like other girls. It's true, she is, but also she's really fun. Yeah, she says mm -hmm. that when in the in the first scene, um, Ellen says, you know, you don't want to stay here, then don't stay. Go back to school. And Ellen, Joe says that she never fit in at school. She was the freak with the knife collection, mm -hmm. which is fascinating because it seems like that should be setting her up to be a Sam mirror. Like there could be such yeah. strong Sam parallels here, yeah. as Sam also lost his dad, and that's the primary thing that he and Dean and Joe are bonding with over in this episode and sam also has that problem that he could talk to her about and also has this didn't fit in at school thing and mm. ellen saying don't stay here go back to school 
if you take out the back, like, that is what John did to him. Like, it, it's so weird that they put up that thread and then just Sam is yeah. not in this episode. It's interesting. He's relegated to background character despite prime uh, mirror status, except mm-hmm. they, like, specifically and clearly and obviously parallel Dean to the point that, like, they're wearing the same clothes throughout the episode. Like, whatever they're mm-hmm. wearing, they're yeah, in the she's same got color like, scheme. Uh, she's got, like, she wears her flannel uh, and the, you know, flat, jacket. Like, she wears the leather it, jacket yeah. when he wears the leather jacket. Like, it's one-to-one. They're wearing the same clothes. She's yeah. just Dean but a girl. Hunter, GD. Hunters just wear flannel. This is a thing we know. This is, yes, <laughs> Gordon like, also wore flannel. Matching. Yeah, no, no, no. I agree and with you. I'm just making jacket. a joke. Like, it's... Yeah, 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 yeah. This isn't like, oh, this is just, you know... Sam and Dean wear flannel at the same time. They're not mirroring each other, but like Joe is matching him. Yes. No, I'm with you. Yeah. Um. Dean says Mazatov. You just found your first spirit. Extremely cute. Good for him. Love it when they cute. put Hebrew mm-hmm. in. Um. The ectoplasm drip is, I think, my next note because it's very gross. And then, like, it drips on the paper she's reading, which seems to be some sort of ad for lingerie, which is just a weird choice. It was like, what do women read? I think it says lingerie party. I don't even know what it It was. It was so weird. Because she mouths the word party. I'll pull it up. Before we do that, I was just going to say, back to what you said about, like, not like other girls. It feels like that, that... to me, def- it definitely would have been more egregious in, like, 2007. For me now, it's like, we're so past that trope, I feel like, that it didn't bother me. It's just, like, I could find this character fun, but yeah, I do appreciate mm-hmm. you bringing that into account, because I didn't even think about that, because it's like, I don't know, it feels like less of a problem nowadays. Yeah. Like, it still happens, for sure, but... Yeah. Uh, maybe backing up a little bit, um, I love watching all three of them be neurodivergent in a room together. Yeah. Yeah. Because Joe is skimming, skimming with the knife. Dean yeah. is pacing. And Sam's just kind of sitting there. And their stimming is getting on each other's nerves. Because, uh-huh. like, Joe asks Dean to sit down. And Dean asks her to stop playing with the knife. It's really good. This is just what it's... This is just what being in a friend group with me is like. Yeah, it's, it's lingerie. <laughs> oh, Emma, you're here. <laughs> this is lingerie party. Emma's best ever lingerie sale specials on all. Ladies and bros. New lingerie Free gifts. Bring all your friends either. Thursday night. I did not blah, invite blah, her blah. to a lingerie party. It's not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, the way the way she opens this letter is deeply funny and weird to me. It's like she opens it up and then she sort of like flicks it to start unfolding it. It's like. She has this, like, uh, she does, like, a one, two, three motion. I'm going to gift this because it's so bizarre to me. Back to the plot a little bit. Why is the ghost picking up the pace now? He literally has kidnapped six That's people in 80 years. Why does he do two in a week? Well, I, the same thing was true, actually, for last episode. Why did it take Ansem eight months to ask Tracy about, like, their closeness? And it took him that long to actually kill her. It's like the our boys are plot instigators. Things start to happen whenever <laughs> they show up anywhere. It's true. I like when Dean takes the chair, the armchair, so that Joe can have the bed, and then she doesn't even sleep in the bed, which is very funny. Yeah, she's even But also, like, very Dean's mad. stupid fucking little sleeping position, he's, like, twisted into a pretzel. I love him. He looks so uncomfortable. Apparently that's a reference to how Marty sleeps in Back to the Future. Yeah, I could see that. Also trans. <laughs> Supernatural is the most show. <laughs> But yeah, it's great. I love the way he's all curled up like that. When Joe asks him about, what do you remember about your dad? My notes just say, that's the thing he's sensitive about. And then it devolves into scribbling as he talks about the 
yeah. first memory he has. Oh. Which we didn't I say yeah. Grimace Hold and Gigi in yeah. all caps because it takes him Ri- so fucking long to answer. Mm-hmm. Before we talk about that, I just want to say they do the same like stuff they did with Hookman with the Hookman episode of the scratches on the walls, and it's really good. It I don't even care that they use that yeah. same technique twice in a row. It's very cool and eerie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh Dean's first like happy memory with his dad that he thinks of is uh John being proud of him for getting bullseyes, uh, taking him out to shoot At his age gun when six he was six or years seven. old. Yep. And, okay, but here's the thing. Dean says, and he'd smile like, and then he trails off, and Joe says he must have been proud, and Dean doesn't even fucking answer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, it. the whole scene drives me insane. How old was Dean when the thing happened? He was, like, four or five, right? Yes. So this yeah. was, like, a year after... Yeah, like this like would have been years. like yeah, right when they would have started going on the road. His first happy memory of his dad is post the thing happening. Is post like happy family life, which is hurts me to think about that like I, he doesn't I, even yeah, remember I, anything, like really, to the point where it's like a story. Or at least he doesn't remember anything he'd like to tell Joe. Yeah, that's true. I yeah yeah. And then Joe gives her a story of her own about how when her dad would come back um, he'd like give everyone a hug and they'd be a family and he also is wearing a leather jacket and it's like very much the opposite of the scene that John talks about in 2-1 uh, in my time of dying where mm-hmm. John says that he would come back from a hunt and Dean would give him a hug and say it's okay dad whereas Joe's mm-hmm. dad would come home and give them a hug and everyone would be happy together instead yeah. of like making a child comfort him Hachi machi. it's rough um one really bad line um or not really bad but i didn't like it uh when joe is like squeezing past dean in the walls he makes the sex oh yeah that. no it's bad Mm-mm. Oh, um also should have cleaned the pipes mm-hmm. and when he's on the phone with ellen he says joe is taking care of uh feminine business so he knows how to uh-huh. lie about periods chalk another one down for trans dean <laughs> <laughs> if god hates trans people why do we keep winning uh, when Joe is in the box, there's like scratches on the ceiling of it, which is extremely good. Yeah. Love that. So, so scary. Creepy. It yeah. And then Joe says to Teresa, "This won't make you feel better, but I'm here to rescue you. I love her. I love her so it's much." It's really good. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Here, I gift the scene I was talking about. Look at how she opens the letter. It's so weird. Who opens letters like that? It's folded in fourths. How fucking big is this paper? I know. Like the little flip she does with the last one. <laughs> It's, it's so like this funny. actress is like I'm on I'm in this show for like a minute I gotta like really make this a character. Just gonna give it some pizzazz. Yeah, this whole episode is very creepy. Every mm-hmm. I've told I've been very open and honest about how uh, freaked out I am by the idea of looking out a window and seeing something looking back uh-huh. at me. Oh, did you see what Moore made for you? What? <laughs> okay, hold on. Everything needs to stop. <laughs> Uh, you can you go, go on ash but i need to pull this up i have to <laughs> um but this this whole bit with with joe like looking out the little slit in the thing tapped into that very much and every i literally could not watch because it made me so anxious because i knew there was a jump scare and i did not want it to get me um so props for that hello wyatt from the future here I did a poor job actually setting this up because I didn't think I was going to leave it in. But friend of the show, Moore, drew a, what I suppose is our first piece of fan art, a horrible demon clown horse looking into a window. 
which uh, it will be in the description, but don't look at it if you are scared of clowns or horses. Also, give them a follow on Twitter. They're great. What the fuck? <laughs> what the it's fuck? a horse looking into the window. What? It's fucking Rudolph. It's a clown deer. It's a clown deer. <laughs> when did they make... It was a couple days ago. Why is it in our refs channel? Are we posting this? I don't know. Get I'll out of the channel. Post. <laughs> I'm the only one who cares about organization in the server. Anyway, um, moving back to the episode. Back to the episode. Um, as soon as they get out of the car with Ellen, Dean starts taking the blame and apologizing because that is what he knows how to do. I also like when um, Joe's you know, storms back out after having heard what happened to her dad, and she says, like, leave me alone or something. He, she's, like, doesn't want to talk to Dean, she's and he right immediately now. goes, like, okay, and walks away. Good for him, respecting her boundaries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had, like, a couple, um, couple other things, like, before that. Uh, when, uh, that woman, like, gets pulled into the sewer, like, through the grate, I love that they cut once she gets pulled down, because there is no feasible way they could have shown that oh, happening. absolutely. It's like, it, you're just left to imagine how on earth the ghost managed to drag her through such a small hole without her getting, like, turned into spaghetti. Yeah. Like, his hand, like, phasing through the grate is really good, but, but I think they knew yeah. in their hearts if they tried to do that to a whole woman, it's, it would it's just too look awkward. ridiculous. Uh, Dean also, Crocodile Dundee's Joe. It's like, that's not a knife. This is a knife. Um, and I like that she says still in pigtails. I think that's cute as a way to talk about it's when adorable. she was a little kid. I also like when Ellen, mm-hmm. when she's met, when she's arguing with Joe, Ellen calls her Joanna Beth. Like, ooh, yeah. someone's in trouble. Yeah. Also, when Joe threatens Ash on the phone, uh, she does this little twirl. Like, she spins around and puts her it's hands so on the table, cute. and it's really cute. She's so excited to be a hunter. It's so good. I love love her her. so much. Um, When Holmes fades in behind her when they're using Joe's bait, it It is good. I like it a lot because it's so subtle. Yeah, like the shadow focuses on him. It's really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also just love how grimy H.H. Holmes is. Oh yeah, he is. He is terrifying. His hand is like just like like brown. It's it's nasty. And his fingernails are all gross. It's very good. Yeah, it's gross. Um, I kind of want to know the logistics of the cement. Yeah, because... I was like, would the cement wash away the salt? Like, I don't, I don't know. Well, okay. First of all, they had to crawl through a whole bunch of. Yeah, sewer it's also they knew they would need so room. much cement. Well, it's and fine, also though. cement doesn't flow that much. It would just get stopped up like ten feet down. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't think about it too hard. Sigh. <laughs> I guess it's too much for me to expect supernatural to make sense. Yeah. It's it's the emotion the emotional truth of it is better than the actual logistics. Mhm. So, I've been sitting on this, but this is actually oh the boy. first This is not a big deal for like the show itself. This is personal. Um this was actually the first episode of Supernatural I ever saw at all because What? Um I was at some like trampoline place or something and the tv they had on must have been playing reruns because this was not 2009 oh my god it's a really funny origin story um the it was playing this episode and i didn't know what it was because i didn't know what supernatural was and then i got to this episode when i started watching supernatural and i was like hey i've seen this already it was playing at that trampoline place that's really funny 
incredible. And now I think of that every time I see this episode, which has happened to me like three times now because I have <laughs> bad taste. Okay, is that everything we have? Is that it? Like, do we have anything else to talk about this episode? I just have acting dot 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 in the last scene. Yeah, there's not, like, it's mostly, like, the second half of this episode is mostly, like, action and, like, tense horror, mm -hmm. which is good on the screen, mm -hmm. but, like, not a lot to talk about. Which is good, because we're, no, we're a yeah. little bit tight on time, which is yeah. also good. We've, we worked it well today. Um, I think the acting there yeah. is, is where Dean is, like, processing this new information about his dad, which is really good. We get... Yeah. You know, we've mm -hmm. talked about and how, Joe, like, I really like Cass Joe's is haunting our, our podcast because he haunts the show before he exists, and now John <laughs> is not literally haunting as is possible but he is you know what is a ghost if not a presence that should be gone and john is still very much present in their lives and minds which is very good mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah john is still a very looming figure he continues to affect their lives which is a big thing about abuse as well yeah it's true is, that, is that it yeah i guess that's it that's a good yeah, good thing to end on uh only one actor fact uh the woman in the opening uh to this is um uh andrea brooks uh who will go on to have major roles in supergirl and when calls the heart uh i don't think when calls the heart is a cw show but supergirl is as far as i'm aware so who was she in supergirl uh, the uh no it's the when calls the heart is hallmark Okay. She's she plays Eve Tesh uh Masher. T Tesh oh, Miss Teshmacher, of course. That. Teshmacher. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I did see that part. Did you not watch Christopher Reeve Superman? You don't automatically hear Lex yelling Miss Teshmacher? Mm, no, I haven't I haven't seen a lot I of I can't Superman, believe so. this. My mom is disowning you at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I'm more of a I my my comics knowledge is very specific and not. Broad. I watched a little bit of Supergirl so far enough to meet her character, and then I stopped. Mm -hmm. Oh, she's Lex Luthor's assistant. Okay. Well, in, Super, well, anyway. in Supergirl, I think she's Cat Grant's assistant. Right. Uh, just, just, like the as the comics character. Anyway, it doesn't matter. That's who she is. It's always interesting when like a bit character like she doesn't even talk. Uh, or no, she talks briefly. That's the other woman who doesn't really talk, but. When a like a cold open character goes on to become like a CW actor, yeah, I guess that's it. That's uh, that's us done for these two episodes. Thank you all for listening. Please rate and review us on the podcast platform of your choice. Uh, next time, actually, you guys do the next time because I don't know what's going to happen. The next episode, <gasps> the usual are... suspects. Oh, that's a fun yeah. one. Uh, the usual suspects followed by Crossroad Blues. Two fun ones. Plot. Ooh, Crossroad. I don't know. That makes me think of the devil. I don't know if that's Ooh. true, but... They're good episodes. I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah, that's all I have fun to say. next time. Okay. Well, uh, I hope you all enjoy watching those episodes along with us or just listening to us talk about them if you're not watching along. Yeah. I don't think we get to ride off into the sunset this time. We get to no, no. This time, this time we will sit and uh, contemplate the our unhealthy relationships with our parents. Okay, that's too real. I gotta go to work and like. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> The 
The music used on Word of Godcast is The Last Ones by Jazar on freemusicarchive.org. Licensed under an attribution share-alike 3.0 international license. Find a link in the episode description. <laughs>